Full Focus, the podcast that shines a bright light on individuals working in film and television production, creating the content we watch on the big and small screen. My name is Arash Varsin. I've been navigating the production world for over 15 years, and as a jack of all trades and master of none, I'm always looking for experts to help me immerse into their world. My first guest is Miami native Osvaldo Zilvera, or simply known as Ozzy. He has been in the television and film industry for over 28 years and specializes in operating the Steadicam. His Steadicam work can be seen in motion pictures like the Academy Award-winning drama Moonlight and music videos including Drake's God's Plan and Dua Lipa's New Rules, which has garnered over 1.4 billion views. That's a billion with a B. Welcome to the show, Ozzy. Thanks, Arash. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for being on, on with me. And you were just up in Orlando, right? Shooting. Yes, uh, we were uh, in Orlando uh, working on a Hilton job. Uh, Hilton, I guess, purchased the Embassy Suites hotels, and I guess that might have been a long time ago, and then they wanted to do a, uh, like a small film regarding one of their key employees. So we were, I was just shooting a few parts of that production. Were you doing a Steadicam for that? Yes, too? just a Steadicam on that. You do a lot of Steadicam work. Yes, uh, recently. Uh, I would say the last 10 years have been almost exclusively Steadicam, uh, I do still uh, work as a director of photography for the reality market, and I usually take on about one like one series per year, where I'll do the entire series. A, a reality series can run anywhere between six weeks to 18, 19 weeks, uh, and sometimes it's abroad and sometimes mm -hmm. it's local. I've been really fortunate uh, since my kids were born, I've been trying to take mostly local uh, long-term reality DP jobs. Right, right. But for the Steadicam jobs, I still travel quite a bit. Now, for those of us who don't know exactly what a Steadicam is, can you explain to us what, what a Steadicam is? Sure. Uh, a Steadicam, um, if, if you're familiar with the shot when Rocky, in the, movie, in the first movie Rocky, when he runs up the steps of the, the Philadelphia Museum mm -hmm. and he... he raises his hands there like in celebration that he made it that shot was the one of the first times that the viewing public saw a steadicam uh, a steadicam shot where the camera was free to move and was not tied down to a tripod or to a dolly and it was completely unencumbered it can go wherever somebody who was carrying it can take it uh, that wasn't the first time it came out that actually the first time it came out was on the movie bound for glory it's hard for us to imagine now because we see movies that have Steadicam in it. We see television shows, commercials, music videos, even corporate functions that have a Steadicam being used. But at that time, when all of a sudden the camera was free to move in between cars over railroad tracks on the movie Bound for Glory, people didn't know what they were seeing. Like mm -hmm. their minds, like people in the production world, their, their minds mm -hmm. were literally going nuts. Like how... Yeah. How is this camera moving? Similar to how Hitchcock did with the camera in the movie Rope, where the camera was always moving and there were hidden cuts throughout the movie, and the movie looked like it was just one long picture. Right. Uh, and yeah, there's there's many movies that had similar moves and similar scenes, uh, which was extremely difficult to orchestrate. Right, because yeah. if you don't have that stabilization, right, you, it's, it's di more difficult to be moving freely around and, yes. and keep it steady, That's right? right? And That's you're right. constantly going to be shaking, which is That's maybe right. a little bit annoying for the audience to watch. Sure. Uh, depending on what, what you're trying to achieve, I guess, with exactly. that. Exactly. Right? And, and a lot of people will always ask me, so is that gyro stabilized now that there's so many gimbals and, and handheld stabilizers for your phone and things mm -hmm. of that nature? A lot of people see Steadicam shots every day and mm -hmm. they don't notice it because they're just so accustomed to it. Sure. But the, uh, the Steadicam, some people will sometimes ask me if it's gyros that are making it smooth. And there is not. There are no gyros in a Steadicam. So gyros to me would be something I would probably order to eat, which is Greek oh, gotcha. or maybe yes, Turkish, course. right? <laughs> I love gyros. Right. Yeah, the, uh, no, but the, when I say gyros, mm -hmm. it's a, gyro, a gyroscopic stabilization uh, motor that mm -hmm. basically spins in its pl in place, mm -hmm. and it spins so fast that it that it holds its place in space. So when when people ask me that, I you know, I tell them no, there there is no gyro stabilization on a Steadicam. A Steadicam would actually work just fine with zero electronics, and it's just based right. based on physics and mm -hmm. weight. To me, it looks like uh, a weapon of war yes, almost, yes. right? You're like, is this guy going and, and there's a reason to kill someone? And there's a reason for that. Okay. okay. If someone asked me to describe the Steadicam. 
I would start off by trying to get some things in common with that person that's asking me. I'd ask them, mm -hmm. did you see the movie Alien? When Sanchez mm -hmm. comes out and she's holding one of their large machine guns mm -hmm. and it's attached to some type of spring arm that's attached to her vest. And right. And, and they, usually people will have seen that. And I'll be like, that was one of the most expensive props in history at the time. Right. Because they were using real steady cams to use the vest and the arm portion. And then they just retrofitted the prop gun onto the end of the arm. Right. So the, the, the spring arm helps support the weight with a certain amount of tension to where when you walk, that tension counteracts your steps. When mm -hmm. you normally step, you rise and fall, rise and fall, rise right. and fall. And that arm will counter the, those moves so that, the, so that the camera that's on the post at the end of that arm stays in the same place. Posi right, position. It stays mm -hmm. in the same you know, movement in the space. If you're moving forward and you're moving up and down, that, that camera is not moving up and down. It's right. just flow flowing through space the way you're controlling it. Sure. And then, and it's counterbalanced by stay, it stays upright because of the weight at the bottom. And so you'll put your batteries at the bottom and you put a monitor at the bottom. Some people are like, no, the monitor should be on top. But if the monitor's at the bottom, you're looking down at the monitor mm -hmm. and you can also see the area around your, mm -hmm. around the floor, just past the monitor. If you're looking down at it and that way you don't trip over things. Uh, you know, the Steadicam is a very a niche type of thing not a lot of people operate steady cam you know um but it's not something that most people just jump right into when they first start right no no a, a lot of people back in the day there used to be a false idea that you had to be a certified steady cam operator mm -hmm. and a certified steady cam operator only means that you got a certificate there's nothing really more to it than that a a certified Steadicam operator is somebody who went and took a course at one of the many places you can take courses for a, for a Steadicam, and you got a certificate. Right. And rental houses were really the people that were requesting mm -hmm. that you be a certified Steadicam operator so that they at least knew that they were loaning you twenty dollars or $30,000 piece of equipment mm -hmm. back in the 70s and, and 80s, and that you knew somehow... You, know, you knew how to how to work it right that you weren't just going to try to piece it together throw out your back because if mm -hmm. you don't do it right you can really mess your back up depending on how much weight you have on there but if you do it properly you'll never hurt your back really because these things get heavy they can't they can't they can. you know how long do they recommend for you to have a steady cam on before you put it down and take a break there is no set recommendation yeah there because yeah, there's no governing body mm -hmm. as to what you physically can do mm -hmm. it's just like a regular handheld operator uh, there's no, there's no governing body as to, you know, you're, you are your own person. You just mm -hmm. make sure that you don't get, you don't get overly tired or mm -hmm. over, overly fatigued to where you're going to mm -hmm. do something that's going to hurt you. Cause one thing that always fascinates me is when I watch football or soccer games, I should say, right. And you see the steady cam up running up and down 45 right. minutes, you know, straight. Sure. And I look at these guys and I'm like, I feel bad. I mean, they got to be tired by the end of it. Oh, absolutely. And on a, if they are completely wireless, then that rig, including the vest and the arm mm -hmm. and the, the sled with the camera and the wireless transmitter to get back to the broadcasting station or the broadcasting booth, you're talking 55, 60 pounds. It, it could be a little less with the, right. with the newer cameras, right. but uh, it's usually right around that area when you, when you add it all up. Yeah, yeah. and it, it, yeah. Puts a bit, I mean, it puts a strain on your back. You sh right? I mean, yeah, there are, there are different vests. There's a, the back mounted vest, like the Walter Klassen vest that puts more of the stress on your glutes mm. and on the top of your quads. And then, and then you also, you, you feel it a little bit around your waist, the waist muscles, but the, uh, and then, but the traditional vest, which is a front mounted vest that you do feel it in your like center back, like right in, in the center of your back and, and on your shoulders. But and, and some people actually have both vests. Right. I, I carry both vests, and throughout the day, I'll, I'll switch over. Got it, switch got over it. The muscles. But you didn't start as a steady cam op, right? You started no. as, as a camera operator, as, I guess, as a, right? As a camera operator, that's right. Uh, I, well, I, I started working at a production company uh, doing uh, videotape depositions. Mm. So a lot of legal work and, <laughs> right. uh, and very mundane stuff, just sitting there watching lawyers argue with each other. Right, uh, right. And I also got uh, some... 
some experience doing uh, accident recreations <clears throat> through the same company and uh, medical work, uh, everything from surgeries. I, I shot a lot of surgeries. Wow. Right. But that, that was inter interesting. And working in the corporate world, you get to see so many different things. Right. Which is great. <laughs> For it's, sure. It's a great experience. Yeah, yeah. You learn a lot about what's behind the curtain. Right. I would, right. I would say. Uh, absolutely. 100%. Um, so, so then at one point, you kind of saw this equipment, this piece of equipment with the vest and the arm and the weights and the camera on it. And you're like, wow, this is kind of cool. I kind of want to wear one of those and see what it feels like. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I, I, was, I was working on a music video. Uh, it was April 1993, and uh, there was a Steadicam operator, Tommy Brunstetter, who, who runs a production company here in South Florida, and he was the Steadicam operator that was brought in mm -hmm. to do the shots and this music video. He let me put it on, and uh, I know the exact date because there was a photographer there taking uh, reversal film, taking slide shots, and I later got the actual slides, and they were stamped with the date. And uh, that was the first moment I ever put one on, and it was with a film camera. And as, as Tommy was putting the vest on me, I looked down, and the spar, which is the, the metal portion on the front of the vest, right. uh, has a particular latch on it on, mm -hmm. one, on, one of the, on one of the shoulder straps. I looked down just as he was lifting it up, and he shoved the spar mistakenly you know it was an accident right. into my mouth <laughs> cutting my gum clear open and i bled on his vest first time ever putting the vest on right bled on the vest you're like this is for me right <laughs> well I, I put it on walked around a little bit got the, got a feel for the, uh, mm -hmm. for the for the weight and for the tension that it puts on you right and then and then he went on and i saw him work uh, throughout the night that was in 93 mm -hmm. i continued to work sh you know shooting things uh, for the next four years until I became the, the senior camera operator at Whammy on Miami. So this is, now you, you put it on once, you got a taste of it, it. You, yeah. you bled out of yeah. your mouth. Yeah, and, bled on it, opened and, my gums on it, right. and then uh, and that was my introduction to, to right. Steadicam. I never put one on again, didn't really have interest for sure. it again, sure. and uh, when I got hired as a senior camera operator at a television station mm -hmm. in 1997, uh, they had they bought one you know they it was brand new it was mm -hmm. a brand new station where me and the rest of the crew literally hung every light in the place uh built every camera built the jib mm -hmm. and there was a box a soft-sided box and there was a, a steadicam video sk which mm -hmm. is a steadicam version uh that they sold back when steadicam itself was still around because steadicam went out of business and it was purchased by tiffin Right. The so, filter company. So for those, right. So Tiffin is really the, 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 the mother company, if you will, that yes, creates Steadicam. And there's that, different that, kinds of Steadicam. There's different versions. Just, right. Just like cars, like, you know, like car brands and car models, there are different versions. There's, mm -hmm. there's Steadicams that can carry lightweight cameras and heavier weights all the way to the big film cameras and the big motion picture cameras. Sure. And the, uh, so at this station, they had one. Right. I opened it up. I remembered from putting it on, you know, and I had a good idea of how to put it together. Right. Put it together. There was a videotape in there, a two-hour like instructional videotape. Watched mm -hmm. it and basically pushed myself to start working it. Uh, so I started, be, you know, I started operating a lot of things at that station. Mm -hmm. uh, the following year, I purchased a full-size one. Mm -hmm. That one was really only for video work, mm -hmm. and film was still a, the, a very prevalent thing. And what year are we talking about here? 1997. Okay. Okay. Wow. So. Well, for, for so four years later, four years later is, is when is the next time is I, when you got reintroduced to yeah, the Steadicam again. I got reintroduced and thrown into it. Since, right. Since I was a senior camera operator, sure, it was my task to either assign someone to operate that thing or do it myself. Got it. So I uh, I started operating it myself and, right. and really learned by trial by fire. Sure. And uh, like so many of us do. Sure. Mm -hmm. I, th I think that's really the best way to do it. Right. Uh, mm -hmm. It was very hands-on, mm -hmm. and uh, the following year, I purchased uh, a full-size Steadicam, uh, one that could carry a big Aeroflex motion picture camera, mm -hmm. uh, just like in any large movie. So I bought that. Because that's a year. big purchase. It, it is. Right? I mean, these it things is. are not cheap. That's right. That's right. It, they are, so when you're buying one, you're really investing a lot of money in, I guess, in on, yourself. On, to, on a full-size one, yes. Right, right. Absolutely. I mean, how much do they go for? Uh, today, mm -hmm. a full-size package, uh, the, the one I run, it's a, called a, a GPI Cinelive. Right. When you when you put batteries and follow focus systems and everything, you're about 110000 
Yeah. And, that's and, a lot. Yeah. And, and that's why you can't go out for cheap. But that's not even including the camera. No, no camera. No camera. No, no camera. You, you can use whatever camera they get. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because, you know, I mean, uh, when I started, the, the highest level motion picture camera, mm -hmm. uh, other than a Panavision, which you can't buy, you can mm -hmm. only lease, but uh, an Aeroflex camera was $500,000. Sure. That same camera today, you can buy for $3,000 and use as a beautiful decoration right. in your home. <laughs> the exact same camera. Right. <laughs> and, and, and video cameras have never gotten to that level of, of cost. You right. Know, the, highest, you know, 8K, 10K cameras, you can get them for under $60,000. Sure. Now, when you have this, this rig and you invest all this money into it, you got to, obviously you're doing it because you want to make money. Sure. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you're I, not doing that's it. How I did it. Yeah. But, right. I mean, yeah. you know, you would, you would think, um, how do you like, let's talk about how long does it take you to recoup your, your money, your investment? Mm -hmm. And, and like, what's your, what's your rate for something like that? If there was producers out there that are looking for a high end steady cam operator and with equipment what are we talking about well the uh if you know, when you when you buy when you buy something like that I, I i bought it because i had already operated the the lower end version for a year uh, almost every day at the tv station so i had a lot of hours in the rig but not actually ever having been taught the proper way to do any of it when i bought my first full-size rig in 98 I operated, I, I immediately started getting bigger jobs because now I can carry the bigger weight. So it was literally the beast of burden. You, if you can carry it, then you could compete with the, with the big guys. Mm -hmm. And of course you would charge less because you're new sure. and you don't have all the experience. Right. Now in the, in the year 2000, uh, ba back then there was no internet like we have it today. Uh, in the year 2000, there were still, if you wanted to speak to somebody regarding Steadicam, you weren't going on the internet. You were going on a bulletin board service. Right. And like America Online had a bulletin board service. And you would, somebody would type something in and you'd have to wait till somebody decided to go on there, read it. Right. Nobody would get a, like, nobody would get a, a notification. notification yeah. yeah, that didn't exist. Right. And uh, so Garrett Brown, the inventor, uh, had just finished shooting, on, shooting a movie. And he told the, uh, the director of photography and his son, who was the camera operator, that he would teach the son Steadicam. Uh, then he, he decided that it was a lot better to teach more than one person right. at a time because sure. you can see other people doing their thing. Right. So he posted on the AOL uh, bulletin board right. that he was looking for a couple of other Steadicam operators that, were, that might want to brush up on their skills right. and that wanted to like, you know, take, take the course. But this was like a Thursday or Friday. Right. And the course was starting Monday. Okay. <laughs> and it was in uh, Westchester, Pennsylvania. And so you're seeing that a few I, days before the I, actual I, course. I saw it moments after he posted it, like almost at midnight. And you knew that this is the founder uh, of the oh, Steadicam? Oh, yeah. yeah. I had already met him before. Oh, I see. So you knew that was this is the real deal. Oh, yeah. You wanted, yeah. You wanted yeah. in on there that. Are, there are certain courses <clears throat> throughout the country that are what people consider the courses to take. Right. Uh, there's you know, the Atlantic the, the, the Atlantic Classic, the Malibu Classic, right. the, the, the workshops in Maine. There, there's, there's certain courses that are a week long right. that people can take to right. really get them familiar with all, all the aspects of Steadicam. When you get out of that course after right. six days of working and playing with the, with the different systems, different size systems, yeah. uh, you've been playing with those things for 10, 12 hours a day. Right. At that point, you, you know enough to walk like a straight line and do a few moves, but you're still not, you, you shouldn't consider yourself a full-fledged Steadicam operator. That's all you've ever done. Now, when I, when I saw that course that he put up, he wasn't actually asking anybody for any money. He just wanted mm -hmm. people who could be there and, and be there, be there for real. I responded to him immediately. Mm -hmm. uh, another local Steadicam operator down here also responded to him right a steadicam operator i didn't even know sure so we both he he told me about the other guy right we spoke we flew over there right like within a day like we flew over there and we took the whole course and i learned that i was doing it all wrong <laughs> for three years the whole time the whole time all wrong mm -hmm. i was i was never adjusting the weight control mm -hmm. on the arm i was lifting things I was doing more work than I had to. Right. I wasn't letting the system do its job. Sure. So I came back from that, like, 
a hundred percent better. Right. As it was worth it. Oh my God. It, well, how much did you spend on that? Just my flight and my flight hotel and rental car. Oh, it was a free course. It was a free, basically time. it was a free course. Because today they're not free anymore. No, they're like $3,600. Right. And it's like a week course, right? Yeah, it's a week And a they week have course. different tiers? No, they have the... No, no. It, oh, it's it, all the same. Yeah, if you take one of the big, you know, the big courses, right. it's a week long and you're in the vest most of the time. Right. Uh, and, and there's, like, you know, the, the, the Steadicam, the, the Tiffin courses, mm-hmm. they, they mostly are going to have a lot of their rigs. They're branded rigs. Right. There's a couple of other courses that are done privately. Right. With different brands of equipment. So if someone wants to go and do a course and wants mm-hmm. to use one or go to one of those big ones that you're yeah. mentioning, what should they be looking for when they're uh, looking for it? They, they, they can go to the, the Steadicam Operators Association. Oh, there is such a thing. Yes. Yeah. That's the Steadicam, uh, the SOA, the Steadicam Operators Association. And you'll be able to learn about all kinds of Wow. All the courses and when they're happening. Also, on the Tiffin website, right. if you go to tiffin.com, you'll be able to click on Steadicam and see where the courses are, are going and, and how, much, how much space. Because they, you know, they don't just take everybody. Right. They take anyone, but not everyone. You know what I mean? Like, like they have a certain limit of people that they can take. Right. It, it fills up. Yeah. They'll only do, for instance, four students per instructor. And the instructors are all working Steadicam operators who... I guess who get you know who get paid to right. teach this course, but if they if they land a big gig, they might have to bow out of it beforehand. Right. So, gotcha. Those are you know, those that are happens different. all the time, probably. Uh, yeah, I'm sure it has. Right. I'm, I'm sure it has. Right. Yeah. If, if you're hired by Tiffin to be a Steadicam instructor for a week, yeah, and Scorsese calls that he needs you for three months, I think you're gone. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> right. Yeah. Speaking of Scorsese, like one of the, my favorite. Steadicam scenes is the Goodfellas one. Sure. Where, you know, the kitchen scene, yeah. right? The back of the house, all the way to the front, table being set. I mean, McConkie. right. Yeah. One take, it's fascinating, right? Yeah, and that was the is. first time I'm like, that's when I, my mind was a little blown. And I'm sure. like, how did they shoot that? You know, and I was kind of researching it and I got, you know, I found out, oh, there's a Steadicam that did this, you know? That's right. Uh, it's amazing. And, you know, talking about the Steadicam, uh, you know, the different types and, 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 and the cost of it. And it's you know, super expensive, right? And sure. it takes a lot of practice and time to, to perfect it and, and get really good. But we're in a world now where stabilization and the gimbals and all that is, is all the hype and everybody's got it. Sure. You can go and buy yourself a Ronin. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can go and buy yourself an Osmo and you get your nice, smooth, you know, shots that way as well. A- absolutely. Right? Um, how is this affecting the Steadicam business? Well, uh, when, when the Steadicam first came out, uh, everybody said, oh, that's it. Dollies are done. Mm. We're not going to need dollies anymore. Uh, dolly grips. Mm-hmm. No, we don't need you. You know, you, you, can, you can walk behind a Steadicam operator and make sure he or, her mm-hmm. is, he or she is safe. Right. Uh, but, but that wasn't the case at all because there is a human factor and the human gets tired. Right. Uh, there is... Yeah, there's a smart way to do Steadicam, and then there's the, the human tripod. Mm-hmm. And some producers want you to be a human tripod. They, when they, you say that, what do you mean by that? I mean, the, they want a Steadicam operator to have the camera on. Right, right. Get frame up the shot. Right. And then the action happens in front of the shot, whether there's moves or not. Right. So if the camera doesn't need to move, he, the, the person is literally a human tripod. Just standing there. Just standing there. Right. And then when you have to reset for a different uh, scene, mm-hmm. they just have the person you know walk over to the next set, set. and so it, you're you're basically carrying the tripod and the camera yourself and setting up but, you know, on your body. So but you're not being utilized. You're not being utilized for uh, your tool is not being utilized sure. the way it should be. A hundred percent. Yeah. So that happens. That, oh, absolutely. That, that happens a lot. That happens quite a bit. A lot of people. Uh, mistakenly think that they'll just hire a Steadicam operator. Right. Don't worry about the dolly or the dolly grip, and, uh, and they'll just make, move faster. Right. They'll just move a lot faster. But that's not always the case because if you put all your eggs in that basket and the Steadicam operator has been holding that thing for 45 minutes, right. and all of a sudden the Steadicam operator says, mm-hmm. uh, I got to go to the bathroom. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. the whole production will have to stop. stop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So your steady yeah. cam can take off the steady yeah. cam. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> which takes some time. Sure. And go to the bathroom. Uh, real quick, talk to us about what exactly is a dolly so we know. A, a, a dolly is a platform where you can put the camera on there. Mm-hmm. And, and then so, and it's on wheels and you'll be able to run on the track 
very precisely forward right. and back. Some dollies have a hydraulic lift where mm -hmm. they can bring the camera up or down. Right. And the hydraulic lift is twofold for two things. It's one to be able to put the place the camera where you need it, mm -hmm. up or down. But it's also to and to speed that up instead of loosening each leg of the tripod right. and raising it up or lowering it down. Right. And you can also be creative in the in the fact that you can do a move mm -hmm. that might start low and move up. Right. With very little effort. Back to the other stabilization forms that are out there, the Ronins the and the Osmos sure. and the Gimbals, right? Um, you can pretty much achieve similar looks with yeah. those that then you you know then getting what you're getting from a Steadicam, sure. right? Why would a producer mm -hmm. that has you know whatever budget? I mean, I guess it's also budget related as well. Well, uh, the the higher end Steadicam operators will charge the same amount for labor to mm -hmm. operate a gimbal than they would a Steadicam. Sure. So the only thing you're going to be saving is in the gear rental. Right. Whereas a full Steadicam system might be twelve hundred dollars a right. day to right. rent. A fully kitted out Ronin R2 mm -hmm. with all the accessories. Mm -hmm. uh, which, you know, which is capable of carrying large cameras, yeah. uh, that might rent out for 600 a day. So you'll save a little bit of money, but what happens is now you're, you know, the, 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 the gimbal stabilization systems are getting so large and being able to hold such big uh, weight cameras right. that you can no longer just handhold those things. Like, like, like when the Movi, the Movi is a brand of, of gimbal stabilization. Right. When the Movi or the Ronin first came out, people were just holding it out in front of them. Right. And you would end up getting, uh, you knew who was a gimbal operator because they had huge forearms right. like Popeye. Right. And, uh, but now this, they're so heavy, you can't do that for more than a, a couple of minutes. Right. So now you've, you've incorporated a vest, like the Easy Rig vest or the Ready Rig vest, the mm -hmm. Ready Rig being the, the American-made one. Right. Uh, that will that will spread the weight of that gimbal with the heavy camera throughout your body, similar to the way a steady camera right, does it. Right. And but what happens with that is the arms that stick up from a ready rig or from an easy rig mm -hmm. will not allow you to walk through a door. Mm. For the most part, mm. uh, some some will. It depends. It depends if you're if you've boomed down. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, which means if you brought the, the ring that holds the camera in the center, you brought it down. But you don't have the precision that you have with the Steadicam, like nowhere near it. Right. Like if you needed to pan down and then tilt down and end up on a cup. Right. On a desk. You could do it, but not as and definitely not as fast. Right. With a Steadicam, you could be able to fling that thing in there and just have it stop and feathered to a stop. Right. Uh, there's there's pros and cons to both. Sure. Each one is a, is its own tool, that's good for certain some things and not good for others. Well, how about you? Like, are you uh, are you trying the other ones also, or are you just strictly you like I don't want anything to do with the movie, the Ronin. The at at first when it came out, I was hired to operate the movie mm -hmm. on on a, on a motion picture that was shooting down here. Right. And I operated it for a day. Uh, like the first take, I did it strictly by hand, just just heave hoeing the whole thing, like just holding the, the entire weight of it. Right. And then the other Steadicam operator that was on that movie, right. Uh, he he said, "Why don't you use the my vest, right, with with this pole over the top of it?" So we used the Easy Rig, right, uh, to hold the weight of it. But what happens is now there's an arm that goes up behind your back and over your head. Right. So you're limited as to how high you can bring the ring. So since the camera's in the center of the ring, now you can't, th that bar that's above your head yeah. is preventing you from getting the camera at the head height of the mm -hmm. actor you're shooting. So it was no good. So it, does it stick out above your head with the easy does. rig, right? Yeah, the easy rig sticks out over your head. Does it? If you're six foot tall, you're not going through any doors. You're limited. Absolutely. Yeah. If, yeah. If, if, if you're if you're five six, you're not going through a door. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Right. Tom Cruise not going through a door. <laughs> <laughs> right. 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 Um, I guess what what is it that what does it take to be in in your opinion to be an excellent Steadicam operator? You have to start off by being a good camera operator because mm -hmm. because your the Steadicam operator is only framing a shot mm -hmm. and continuing to frame that shot while there's movement, whether it's following an actor or a group of actors mm -hmm. or following uh, any subject mm -hmm. in the scene. 
So if you don't know how to make the frame interesting and keep it engaging, then it's just moving the camera to move the camera. And right. you should never move the camera just to move the camera. Mm -hmm. You want to move the story, not the camera. Right. Do they teach you that in, in, in these courses, these Steadicam courses? They do. They mm -hmm. do. And they're, they're big on letting you know that you should be a great camera operator right. before even starting to do that. And there's many, many, and I've seen this, it's very common here in South Florida, everywhere, where there's a big production community mm -hmm. of people wanting to be a Steadicam operator. Sure. You can buy a fairly good system used mm -hmm. for eight or $9,000, right. and, uh, and you can carry a good range, especially with the newer cameras, the Reds, the right. Harry Mini, the Black Magics. So right. those, those lightweight rigs, you buy them and you can kind of manhandle them, you know, without mm -hmm. really being trained. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people are becoming Steadicam operators without having taken the course, right. which is what I did. What you yes. did, yeah. But when I did it, the rigs were extremely heavy. Cameras were not light. There were no light cameras. Right. So you still had to have the strength to carry that. Sure. Yeah. It, it, it was, it was going to separate the men from the boys. Right. Way to say, you know, so you, you definitely recommend for someone who wants to enter this, this business or this game to do the course. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, yeah. And like, like I said earlier, the, uh, I, I was operating basically for three years and everything I was doing was pretty much wrong. <laughs> I, I, I was, I was forcing the camera where I wanted it to go by sheer strength not by finesse mm -hmm. and not by wanting to control my frame. I was, I was controlling and keeping a good frame right. with, by sheer force. Right. Uh, you, know, you know, by lifting and pressing down on the arm instead of letting the arm naturally lift it. And if I needed to follow an actor that was taller, you could increase the tension on the springs and naturally the, gotcha. the arm would be higher. Right. And now I wouldn't be lifting it as I walk, right. which would start introducing bouncy bouncy shots right so yeah there's uh there's there's it's like it's a good it's a tool right like, like i described i have i also have a ronin 2 all mm -hmm. kitted out with everything mm -hmm. and i use it actually more like a remote head because the gimbals are getting so good that you can use them as a remote head what do you mean a remote head a remote head would be a robotic uh, like a robotic uh, tripod head right and a lot of people just say tripod where it's actually two pieces the tripod are the legs right and the fluid head now it's fluid head back in right. friction heads or gear heads mm -hmm. the fluid head is you know you put the camera on there and the fluid dampens your moves side to side for panning up and down for tilting mm -hmm. and uh so this would be a remote head that would do that panning mm -hmm. and the tilting mm -hmm. and now with the gimbals even the roll axis right like like you're spinning in a circle sure uh, it would do it remotely with a with a control, like a remote with, control. With, with a control. You wouldn't have to do it manually yourself. You could Correct. be in a different location. That's right. And making it happen from far away. That's right. Mm -hmm. you, you can mount the remote head above the stage at a concert, for mm -hmm. instance, and be half a mile away. Right. And control the, the right. panning and the tilting, and then if you also have control over the camera itself, right. a different controller, you can zoom in. Mm -hmm. You can do anything you want. Right. But yeah, and it's and it, they work great. Like the, right. the new gimbals work fantastic as remote heads. So you're not discriminating against gimbals. You think they no. all may have their place in certain productions? Oh sure, sure. The, the last picture that I just finished for A24 mm -hmm. called Waves, which mm -hmm. is a movie that comes out next year. Mm -hmm. We use the we use my R2 quite a bit. R2 is. I'm sorry, the the Ronin, the latest Ronin right. uh, gimbal system that, that came out. Gotcha. So, so serious big productions would, would go and use it oh, sure. also. Yeah. Sure, absolutely. Gotcha. Cool. Um, now, when you're on set with you know with your Steadicam, you're not the director of photography, or is, is that mutually exclusive? Could you be the DP and, and the Steadicam operator at the same time, or you it, are you usually Steadicam operator speaking with the director of photography? The most common thing is uh, separate separate hats, right? Being the Steadicam operator and having the the director of photography explain the shots that he or she wants, right? And you executing them sure. the way they want, and then after you do a take, they give you notes, you change. It takes accordingly mm -hmm. until everybody's happy, and you can usually tell when everybody's happy because if it's a, if it's a long Steadicam shot, mm -hmm. you know, anything anything longer than like twenty thirty seconds, right? The moment it's done, you'll notice in in the voice of the person who yells "cut," 
<laughs> whether it was good or not. <laughs> yeah. And you, and, you and, just and, sense it, right? Yeah, you'll, yeah. you'll sense yeah, it. True. And then the, hopefully, yeah. hopefully, if it's not to your liking, because an actor did something and not you. Right. <laughs> we always hope for that to happen. Yes. Yeah. You know. uh, and and one thing that you know, from for me, if I were to like direct or produce something. If I have a Steadicam available to me, I would look for motion shots that last for quite a bit and see if the, and th that happens a lot. I mean, in, in the new rule video that you did, right? I mean, yeah. there was, there was, there were the shots that were going on. There was a lot of choreography happening oh, at yes. the same time. Yes. So there's a little room for error because you have one take, right? So is there a lot of blocking out of shots going on beforehand? Yes. And mm -hmm. in, in that particular music video, the director is Henry Schofield. Uh, I've done three videos with him mm -hmm. since, uh, and he brought me in the day before. He was very adamant that he wanted the Steadicam operator that was being hired for that shoot to come in the day before and go over the choreography. So, the so you showed up without your rig? Yes. Yeah, so the producer brought me in and he had me come in the day before. Mm -hmm. And I ran through the choreography with them like eight or nine times until, until I could shoot it with the director's phone. Oh, so uh, so, I, see. so I, sh I shot it with the director's phone the way we wanted to do it. Wow. And uh, and the shot. Or did you have all your dancers and everybody? Yes. Everybody yes. was oh, there. It was yeah. a, almost like a full rehearsal. Yeah. Those dancers were were working on that for several days. Sure. Not just one day. Sure. Uh, the uh, and yeah, and everything had to be blocked out in the room. Mm -hmm. Lighting had to be tweaked so that mm -hmm. depending on where the shot was, you couldn't see because you never saw any lights in that video. Most of the lights were either on on. Uh, stretch poles that are spread between mm -hmm. two walls or taped to the ceiling right with really strong tape. sure so the uh so I, you know I, I went in there and we choreographed everything the shot that starts on that video looking straight down on dua and then it kind of mm -hmm. like rotates and arcs up as she sits up in the bed at the, the, the right at the beginning of the video right that was a very difficult shot because the the director wanted would not take anything other than directly down on top of her and she's laying in a bed and i wasn't being catapulted on a crane or anything right. to be above her so i had to stand next to her mm -hmm. but i operate on my left side mm -hmm. some, some steady cam operators operate on the right mm -hmm. which is called goofy operating <laughs> and other operators on the left i guess that comes from uh, skateboarding hmm. and uh interesting mm -hmm. and and garrett brown operates on his left right so since he's the inventor that's the prop that's, that's the standard way got it yeah. Uh, copy that. Yeah. Uh -huh. So then, uh, so I had to be backwards with my back to her mm -hmm. and with the rig facing behind me and tilted down flat. It, it was, it was a difficult shot right. to, 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 to get off. Yeah. yeah we, we probably did it five or six times. Just that one the beginning, the real, yeah. right on the beginning. Yeah. And if I yeah. mess up at the beginning, we start again. Right. And at least it's just at the beginning and not at the end. Yes. We yes. have to do it well, all over and, again. And yeah, I, I think one time. Like towards the end, like mm -hmm. right before she gets up from the couch and runs out the door, and I end up on a close up of the other dancer mm -hmm. singing a few of the lines, which is the first cut of the of the music video. Right. The I think I bumped it on my I bumped the bottom of the rig on my leg, and right. that's it. It was all it was done. Like he threw away a minute and a half, <laughs> and and, and yeah. we couldn't we couldn't just piece it together because right. that's not the way they planned it. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The, the next music video that I did with him. With, with Henry Schofield, mm -hmm. who was in Toronto mm -hmm. earlier this year with a, an artist named uh, Billy Elish. Uh, and the song is Hostage. Mm -hmm. And it was in a solid white room. Mm -hmm. So there was no lights mm -hmm. that you could see. The walls were made out of fabric. Right. So you can light through the walls and through the ceiling. The nice. ceiling was also right. all fabric. Everything was on cool. a crane mm -hmm. or wheels so that all the walls could move. Right. And the roof could go up or down. Oh, it was it was fantastic, and that was another one of those really long right. takes. Takes, yeah. And then I I did another one like three weeks ago, right, with a, an artist named Rosalia mm -hmm. from Madrid, and we shot that in Los Angeles, right. And that is a a one cut video, right. So there's two takes for the entire video, with one cut, one in the cut in there, yeah. in the middle, just because yeah. we couldn't figure out how to keep right. it all running. I love those. It fascinates me. I, I'm just a huge fan of one take motion oh, glide sure. shots right oh, you, you would you would love every paul thomas anderson movie right uh, he uses uh, andy shuttlesworth shuttleworth and uh, guy b as a steady cam operators right they're just fantastic talking about special 
projects, right? So you, you worked on Moonlight. You were the Steadicam op on that film for four days, I believe, yes, right? Yes, I, I was one of them. There, there was three, right. three total Steadicam operators. Three of the guys. Okay. Now, when you were filming this, did you know, I mean, obviously it won an Oscar, right? Yes. Uh, were, did you, were you aware that this is a special film, a special project you're working on while you're filming it? No, because all of the shots that I did in the movie had zero dialogue. Oh. Like, if, if, you, if you piece all my shots together right. that were used in the picture, it's a little over two and a half minutes right. of total picture time. Yeah. And there's not one word <laughs> said. So, right. being that I was only coming in and doing the shots and leaving, mm-hmm. I, I wasn't even given a script or anything. Right. So, I had, I had zero clue what the movie was about right. <laughs> until I saw it at the cast and crew showing. Yeah. At the Colony Theater that sure. they had after it had already debuted at, at Toronto and mm-hmm. Telluride and had already started getting a little bit of following, mm-hmm. they did just the customary cast and crew showing right. the city it was shot in. Right, and that was uh, and and yeah, and it was, I was I was looking at it going, oh, oh, look mm-hmm. at that, mm-hmm. oh, interesting subject matter. It's cool. It's right, done, it's done well. And uh, and I enjoy it. My yeah. wife and I thoroughly enjoyed the, the picture, but having zero yeah. idea what it was yeah. about until we were sitting there. That probably must happen a lot with feature films where you kind of come in in the middle, in the beginning or at the end, and you're not involved from start sure. to finish on. And you don't even know the context or the story arc or any of that. That's right. And you're just kind of in a piece of it and a part sure, of it, sure. you know, and on, you don't on, know. On Moonlight, you know, uh, I didn't know that the person's that I was shooting was the same person in the mm-hmm. movie, just at different times of their life. I had no you idea. had no idea. No. On the Florida project, though, mm-hmm. I didn't know what it was about, right? Because I, I was there for five days, right? And and I, you know, we were shooting in a hotel, right? And it was all about that hotel and everything. So sure, I, I got you to, had a little more. Con- it depends on each project, I sure. guess. Too, and there was yeah. a lot of dialogue, right? There was a right, lot which of helps. Dialogue. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. You know, yeah. And there was quite a bit of dialogue, yeah. and like, and, and I got to meet Willem Dafoe on right. that picture. Uh, that's yeah. That was super. cool. I'm a big fan of that. It. Was super He's cool. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Saying hi to him, I, yeah. I found myself like watching Platoon. Right. Yeah. I was like, whoa, right. he's the same yeah. guy. He's been around for a while. Yes. Yeah, yes. for sure. Fantastic. I can't, That's great. Who's, what is he, the Green Goblin? Yeah, in right? Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Yeah. yeah, no, he's awesome. He's great. And uh, how about working with Barry Jenkins? I mean, he's a di- director from Moonlight. Right. He's a local guy. Yep. He's from Liberty City, I think, and That's a lot right. of the, the, the scenes were filmed in those. So how was is, how is it? It must have been a very personal project for him. It was. It was. Now, you know, with, with me, you know, he was working mostly with a director of photography, James Laxton, uh, who, who got nominated for, for the Moonlight as well for cinematography. Right. And he, cause he and James went back a long time and the producer right. uh, daily as well. But the, uh, the, the interaction between Barry and I was most felt mm-hmm. at, for the last, one of the last scenes that I did in the movie, which is where uh, Black, which is the older, mm-hmm. when the boy, when Chiron is now older, mm-hmm. when he arrives at a diner mm-hmm. to meet up with with his old school friend Kevin, right? And he arrives at the diner, he gets out of his car, and the shot seems like a totally locked off shot, right? Like the camera's just stopped there. Uh, he gets out of the car, he looks over at the diner, and then he brushes his hair, mm-hmm. uh, puts on a shirt, pulls his 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 chain out of it. And you know, gets himself already th- throws it in, and I was I was gonna start making a move, and Barry was just like, no, hold it, just 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 hold it, just, mm-hmm. just let it go, mm-hmm. just let it keep, just hold it, hold right. it, hold it. And so when when he closes the car and starts walking, that's when Barry just gave me the the push of like, and go, right. And so and that locked off shot, right. g- switching it over to a moving sure. shot all in one made it feel fantastic. You know, it was very nice to see that lock off and then having it start <clears throat> moving. And one thing that I didn't realize mm-hmm. was that when I was shooting uh, Chiron walking through the hallways of the high school, right. when he was on his way to go beat up the, the bully, right. uh, he, uh, <clears throat> he would tell me, okay, and right when he's <clears throat> about to hit the door, tilt down to the door handle. Right. So I would tilt down to the door handle. Then we would cross to the, another part of the school, be, right. be on the other side, and he'd say, okay, start on the door handle. When that door opens, then you you start pulling back and boom up right to his face and then keep his face closed. So I didn't know that he was doing those things on purpose. Those were the stitches that were putting that scene together, <clears throat> going to the yeah. door, going, going to the door handle, right. then back up. 
And when he's older, right. when I follow him, when I follow him into the diner, right. right before he grabs the door, when he goes through the door, the camera goes right down to the handle, and then it cuts to the inside of the diner. Gotcha. <clears throat> so when you're watching this, the when whole I was movie, watching it, then I was putting it together. Oh, oh, it makes sense. That's, that's why we were filming that. That's right. why we were doing that. Yes, and, and I had forgotten about that small detail. Sure, but that small detail makes that's big, what makes makes it. a big difference. Absolutely, yeah, that's awesome. Um, now, for people who are you know, listening to this, who may have, you know, may have just started in the business and the operating camera and have seen, you know, the big boys working on the steady cams, sure. you know, and they get inspired by this and they want to do something like that. What's what, what would be your one, you know, advice to someone? Well, you're you're in a great time. Uh, there wasn't that much reference material mm -hmm. other than renting a VHS at Blockbuster right, and forwarding past the whole thing <laughs> and finding that, that clip. That cam clip, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So now you can instantly, you can go on YouTube and right. type in, you know, best Steadicam shots right. and watch things for an hour <laughs> and, and watch, you know, yeah. the, the super, super good work of the, the masters of, yeah. you know, of you know, Charles Pappard, mm -hmm. Larry McConkie, mm -hmm. uh, Andy Shuttleworth, Guy B., uh, Dan Neese, all these mm -hmm. like super super operators, and in today's television shows, the Steadicam work in a regular episodic mm -hmm. is at the same level as right. the features. Oh sure, because episodics are now you know forty four minute features. Right. <clears throat> yeah, they're they're amazing. Yeah. The, the production value is through the roof. Yeah, and you have more and more A listers signing up to be on oh, television series. Right? Absolutely, yeah. that's absolutely. a phenomenon that's yeah. been happening. Yeah, mm -hmm. and, and then some some uh, procedural shows. Are really heavy on the on the handheld, mm -hmm. and some are heavy on the on the steady camera, right. and some are only dollies. If I'm not mistaken, I believe that the three the three different versions of Law and Order. Right. right. There was a, the regular Law and Order, the right. Law and Order Special Victims Unit, right, and then there was a, another one. Uh, I, I, I yeah. forget, but right. But one of them was all dollies. Mm -hmm. The other one was all handheld, and the other one was had heavy use of steady cams. Interesting. And yeah, so like one of the shows that started shooting uh, Steadicam the most, right. I believe, was ER. <clears throat> ER was just Steadicam intense. Right, right. And so you would say f to to them, research, go in and and watch and, and learn. So much to research. Yeah, yeah. Because the the same videotape that came in that bag mm -hmm. with the video SK Steadicam, that that videotape is like twenty five years old. Right. No, actually, probably more than maybe 35 years old. Mm -hmm. And it's called the EFP training manual. Okay. Uh, EFP, like electronic field production. Right. And that was a, a Steadicam version right. that Steadicam came out with. Right. Because uh, Steadicam, the original company that owns Steadicam that they got the rights from, uh, they licensed it from Garrett Brown, was a company called Cinema Products. Mm. And Cinema Products made a very, very popular film camera mm -hmm. that was used to shoot uh, news. Right, because you can roll audio right into it. Okay, you know on the on the optical track, and it was it was, it was a huge company. Cinema Products was like. Are they still around? No, no. Right. Cinema, Cinema Products uh, uh, went out of business, and then the Steadicam pretty much almost died mm -hmm. with it. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then Tiffin bought it and started with doing research. Oh, so Steadicam was around before Tiffin. No, Tiffin was around on its own right. Right, making filters. Right. But they weren't associated with the Steadicam at that not, time. Not at all. Not at all. Got no, it. Steadicam was, uh, I believe, was 100% uh, owned by Cinema Products. It's because you have to probably go on a Tiffin website to look at a Steadicam. You do. Look, uh, look to, at your Steadicam. To, to, right? to go see a Steadicam by name. Mm -hmm. it's, Correct. It's become the Xerox. You say, or Band-Aid. Or Band-Aid. Right. Correct. Uh, whereas, like, the stabilizer that I originally started with right. was Steadicam. Right. Branded. Right. From Cinema Products. I never owned a Steadicam when, uh, from the versions that Tiffin made. Mm -hmm. I had already switched over to a company called Paddock Radical Options. Or right. Pro. Gotcha. And a, a lot of things that are foreign made and they're not very good quality, people call pro, like a professional this or professional right. that. So a lot of people mistaken it when, when I say, oh, I, I, I use a pro Steadicam. Mm -hmm. They all, all kind of look at me like, really? <laughs> right. I was like, you know, with Paddock right. Radical Options. Right. Uh, oh. <laughs> so the, the GPI, which is George Paddock Inc., mm -hmm. uh, the GPI Cinelive is the system that I use. Got it. Uh, and, and then again, it's still not the system that they sell 
the entire thing. Right. I've mixed, I've made like a Frankenstein rig out of it. You make your own. Yeah. Yeah. Because you get the, the post that you like. Right. Some people like a two inch post for some rigidity. Right. And a different gimbal. Right. And when I say gimbal, it's not an electric gimbal. It's literally just a ball bearings. Right. To, to, to. It's all physics. It's all physics. Right. Correct. Correct. Right. It's all physics. Right. And so, you know, you mix and match everything you want. Some people might want one particular monitor made by Transvideo. Mm-hmm. And some people might want a small HD monitor. Right. And yeah. each, each thing has its Whatever own. floats your boat, right? Absolutely. Whatever is comfortable for you. You just customize it to your needs sure. and whatever is comfortable for you. And, and, a, lot of, and then you, a lot of people specialize. Right. A lot, like what you mentioned, seeing a Steadicam operator running up and down the field at a soccer game. Mm-hmm. Some Steadicam operators that work in sports... Mm-hmm. Would n- will never work a commercial, right, or a movie, right, or a music video, or nothing. Right. They will exclusively do sports, yeah. and they'll make a great living. Sure, they'll be traveling all the time, right. And then some people work exclusively movies, and they would never do mm. a corporate or a show. And then some people do live shows, right? Like, like uh, my friend uh, Will Demerit does the real. Right. A, a daytime talk show. Right. The real. Right. And then uh, another friend of mine that does that did a person of interest. Right. Uh, and like and, uh, another friend of mine that does Mr. Robot. Right. So these are everybody is it's a pretty tight community. Sure. We all talk. Right. We all uh, air our grievances with uh, like low ballers mm-hmm. people that come in there and get mommy or daddy to buy them an $80,000 rig mm-hmm. and they go out for 500 bucks a day mm-hmm. just to get experience under their belt, right. which we understand that you have to get experience somehow, right? but you can, you can do that another way. You can go find like a band that doesn't even know they want to do a music video right? and just go produce the whole right. thing for them right? for, you know, for very little money. So explain to, uh, you know, listeners who may not exactly understand what you're referring to. So there's steady cam operators that, you know, just get a rig somehow, right? Sure. Raise the money and maybe, like you said, mom, dad or, has or, the money. Or get a loan. Or get a loan or whatever. Sure. And in order to break into the business, they offer their services for very, very cheap. So, so they're under, lower. so they're undercutting. Correct. You know, the folks, you guys that have been doing it for a long time who have a set standard rate for for this kind of stuff. And I also, I understand a portion of it. I understand that they might be young and not have a family to worry about. Right. They might live at home or have an apartment that they're perfectly fine affording with with one day of work every couple of months. Right. Or something like that. And that's totally fine. Yeah. Everybody has their own set of circumstances. Sure. In their life at the moment. Mm Mm-hmm. And, but the uh, but what they don't understand is that they will those producers that hired them mm-hmm. for eight hundred bucks or a thousand dollars for the day mm-hmm. uh, when 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 they say okay I've been working for you for a year mm-hmm. now I'm gonna go up to the regular rates I'm, I'm at mm-hmm. twenty seven hundred for ten right producer is gonna be like eh, no you were working for me for a thousand sure. why would I all of a sudden pay you know, you almost 20, yeah. you know, almost Double triple it. your but money triple right for no right and, and then but then that producer. And it's very common. The mm-hmm. producer will get a mindset that the person who keeps their rate yeah. is better. They might not be. This <clears throat> young guy for mm-hmm. 500 or 800 mm-hmm. might be way better mm-hmm. than the old veteran. Right. But it, it's not, that's not the mindset in production. Right. Right. Yeah. The, the person who holds their rate. Right. Producers have a mindset of like, there's got to be a reason why he's holding the rate. Meaning holding it at a high or a lower rate? High. I mean, at a high rate. Right. So well, not a high. I mean, I, a regular rate, I, I, right? What the regular rate what, is. What the regular should and, be, and, yeah. And for instance, you can get the, the standard. There's no standard price set in stone. Sure. Everything is negotiated. Sure. Uh, for instance, uh, in, if you go in on, on a union motion picture. Right. There's a tier, like tier, like Moonlight was a tier zero, mm-hmm. which meant every position was negotiated. Oh wow! Uh, Waves and and the Florida project mm-hmm. was tier one, mm-hmm. so I think that's under seven million or mm-hmm. under six point something million. So that means that the director of photography and the camera operator right. are both positions that are negotiated. There's no set base rate. Right, you can negotiate up. Sure. But a tier tier two now the camera operator might be like at thirty seven dollars an hour yeah just to operate right and that's based on eight hours and then, but then you negotiated above it you're like oh I understand your rate is thirty seven but 
I don't go out for under 50. Right. Right. Now, does this have a real impact on, I mean, do you see it when you're out there and in, in working the field and you see producers, directors that are used to maybe someone who's just come out and just got it and, you know, gets a low rate for it and yep. they're happy hiring it. And then here come, come you or someone else that is more experienced that has a regular rate. And they're just kind of like, no, you know, I don't think so. You know, well, it's been, uh, well, it, you would never get to that point because if, if I'm on set, I've already negotiated the rate. Right. You no, I'm saying I mean? before you show up, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah before, you know, when you're bidding for gigs and or sure. making contacts or whatever. Yeah. There, there comes a point to where they'll call you. Right. They'll ask you if you're available. You, you know, you, you, and you, you know better, and now you ask certain questions. Mm -hmm. For instance, if they, if they call me and they say, mm -hmm. it's a real world example. Mm -hmm. they'll, they'll say, well, we only have. Uh, we only have fifteen hundred dollars, right? For flat, right? Like if we go fourteen hours, it's fourteen hours, right? Then that's that's your your, your that's your that's not a an accept or deny. Mm -hmm. You need to know that that is your starting point of negotiation. Sure, you can say you you, you can make it work for you instead of just flat out going, no, I'm a two thousand dollar guy, right? And and hang it up. You, you work it. Be smart about it. Right. You, you have to learn negotiating. Negotiating skills are amazing. Yeah. And very important in, in the freelance world for you important. guys. I mean, that's all yeah. you do every day probably yeah. with every project that you do. Sure. Even yeah. with directors and producers or whoever you work with before, they may have a project that has a different budget and you'll just work it out. Correct. Correct. Yeah. I, I've, I've, uh, I've worked with, the, for instance, the production manager for Moonlight, mm -hmm. you know, it, that was a very, very low budget movie. Right. Her next job that she hired me on had a much higher budget. Right. For this, had much, much more money allocated for the steady cam operator. And she brought me in at a regular con con sure. conventional rate. Sure. And then the third job she called me for was a much lower budget. Right. And, but because of that relationship, and I knew that she knew. She understands. Yeah. That, that she mm -hmm. understands that she's not really trying to lowball me to right. save the production money. She really doesn't have it, right? You know what I mean. And, yeah, and then it, it's a it's a give and take. Pull and yeah, yeah, push and pull. Like, yeah, mm -hmm. you, you do a favor, they do a favor, they right? Do a favor. And, right. And and that's this that's the beauty of the industry. It's that's right. A bunch of professionals mm -hmm. that are used to making thousands of dollars a day can mm -hmm. get together mm -hmm. and make four hundred dollars a day in a barbecue pizza, right? And make an amazing thing, <laughs> right? If they want to, and all the and everything is right, it, it works out. Yeah, I, I hear right. you. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, cool. And, and asking questions. Yeah. For for instance, like when they when they call me and approach mm -hmm. me about a job, mm -hmm. and they tell me, and they start off with with their low budget, mm -hmm. I'll ask things like, right. "Is it on the beach?" Right. Because because if it's on the beach for more than a couple of hours, now I'm going to spend two hours of my own time cleaning my rig. Right. Right. That salty sand air is not good for anything. That's right. So I have to take time to clean it all up. Mm -hmm. uh, do you have insurance? Mm -hmm. I need to see a certificate of insurance. I need to see the certificate of insurance at least one business day right. ahead of the shoot right. so I can verify it. Right. I've gotten, a, I've gotten certificates of insurance that were fake. Really? Yeah. People go out of their way and make fake insurance. Sure. Uh, yeah. and, and and because they, they save themselves $3,000 a sure. year. Sure. And then if nobody calls the underwriter checks and double it, yeah. checks it all... Then you they get away with it's it. It's not worth the yeah. paper it's printed on. Right. Yeah. And, and then if something ha if nothing happens, it's fine. You got paid. Sure. No sure. But if something so, happened, then what? You're out. Yeah. You're out of luck. Wow. That's, that that's super important. Like yeah. The certificate of insurance always be protected. Yeah. And that's not just for steady cam operators. Well, 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 well when, you, when you're bringing gear, when you're bringing. That's gear. right. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I, I I've been on reality shows. Uh, I was on a reality show, on a long form reality show with with Snoop Dogg for mm -hmm. 16 weeks. Right, and uh, and so we were traveling to several countries, mm -hmm. but production was so proactive mm -hmm. about protecting the crew. They hired security detail in the different countries, and they gave all of us a card with a policy number that we were now covered. Right additionally covered right in those countries with a specific like emergency number to call nice where like a detail would know where we were at all yeah. times even yeah. though we were never in a dangerous country yeah right but, but they were very proactive sure on the flip side right there's another production that that has the crew that to ask that's asking a crew crew members to sign the, away their liability right and they're going to a very hostile country right, and right. This, this is the, this is happening now right 
And a couple of the guys called me and they were like, absolutely no. Right. No, no, do not sign that. Sure. Yeah, like, sure. Don't sign, say absolutely no. Right. Live to work another day. doesn't matter what they tell yeah. they talk. Oh, you're scared of going. Let but it also say says it. a lot about the production company or the producers. If, if they care and they take care of the people that come out there to work for them and then they'll take care of them too. You know, oh, they'll absolutely. do an amazing job and, and it's just a positive vibe and everyone knows they got each other's back sure. from the very beginning because yeah. things are done right and yeah. the way they were supposed to be done. It's, you know? it's, it's like food. You work real yeah. hard and your right. lunch is really, really bad on the set. Right. Everybody's upset. It's it, such a simple thing. If the lunch is amazing, yeah, they'll they'll work better. Yeah, it's it, it's, it's 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 like it's, an investment. Yeah.